my sister blessed me with with a video uh, from uh, oh what is his name now? Oh wow, David Wallace. No, Andy, no, his Andy Buckley. Mm-hmm. For 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 anyone who doesn't know, is is David Wallace from The Office, and that was quite something. That blessed me, man. That, that was just you know, just the edification you um, needed, right? You know, um, and and I'm not trying to use that, you know, that 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 to promote myself or get famous. I mean, well, maybe a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, he, did, David he said your name. He said my name. Times. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. if God's going to throw you a bone, you may as well chew it. You know what I'm saying? Chew on it. Chewy. But, you know, you know no, no, no. But anyway, that blessed me a lot. So, so I, I enjoyed that and getting that little... Uh, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, there's an app. I'm going to give a little shout out here. This isn't an advertisement, but there's an app oh. called mm-hmm. Cameo. There where is. You can pay money it's a good to app. get celebrities to, to make videos for people. And I, I, I'm going to shout out my sister. She, she one-upped me for Christmas this year. And, and she, she had Andy Buckley, a.k.a. David Wallace, send me a personalized video explaining to me why I would be a good fit for Dunder Mifflin. Hello, my name is Benjamin Pace, and this is the No Content Podcast, the podcast that I started because I wanted to have a podcast before everyone does. We have no content for ducks. I'm back. I'm back with uh, with a good friend of mine uh, named Elijah Merle, and uh, he's been on the podcast before. We've had some good conversations in the past, and I'm sure I'll have him on here again. Um, and uh, in fact, I already think I have the podcast in mind that I want you to be back on in the near future. So expect that. Um, but um, man, we did a we did a well, I did rather. Um, a podcast right before this uh, called Clarity and Prosperity Part 1. And this is a two-part series. And uh, I just wanted to kind of jump into the topic of prosperity and uh, what some people refer to as the prosperity gospel, the prosperity message. And really just wanted to provide some clarity about what I believe the Bible truly says about it, uh, even what I believe a lot of people who who go in that vein are endeavoring to communicate, and yet how some things can get imbalanced and, and even appear evil in some ways, and, and the Bible does tell us to avoid the appearance of evil. And it's important to clarify and, and remove the tares from the good wheat. And uh, some people, you know, have have uh, different viewpoints. Some people are on one side of the ditch uh, or the other. They're like, well, God, you know, hates money, and money's the root of all evil, which is not what the verse says, but we'll get into that later. Um, and, and, and we shouldn't have anything good. We shouldn't want this world's goods. We shouldn't, um, we should just be poor. We should keep the preachers poor. It's humility to be poor. Anything to do with the gospel equals poverty. And then you have, on the other side, people who have gotten a revelation about uh, abundance and people uh, who have believed God for resources and God has answered those prayers and responded to their faith. And, and for some people, um, it has become a focus on materialism, and a lot of people even hearing that message have received it with wrong ears. And, 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 and that's not necessarily a fault to the ministers um, who, who preach prosperity. You know, Jesus preached things, and he said that there were people who did not have ears to hear it, and it fell on shallow ground. And a lot of times, the way we receive the word 
uh, Elijah, it has a lot to do with the condition of our heart. And that's something that's important to remember when getting into a topic like this. I want to go ahead and introduce my guest, Elijah. Say hi, my oh, friend. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, glad to be back. What an honor and privilege. I'm thankful for you, Ben. And as I said to you before, you know, you're a gift to the body of Christ. Praise and, God. Uh, I appreciate having you here and being here with you, I rather. And uh, so thankful to talk about this topic, man. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I- I'm never one of those kind of people who likes to just preach out of somebody else's thing or, um, you know, likes to just mimic somebody else. Like, I like things to be revelation to me. I like things to be something that I've seen in the Word myself and, and that is light to me. And I don't like to be a, a, a preacher parrot um, and just, you know, repeat what I hear. Mm-hmm. I want it to get down in my heart and to see it and to hear it. Um, but that being said, I'm, I'm going to refer to uh, the work of another minister and his book uh, not completely, not fully, you know, over the whole podcast, but there's some specific things in it I want to get into. And uh, Elijah's going to provide a little bit of history on it. But uh, one of my spiritual elders, parents, um, has been Kenneth Hagan. Now, I've never met him in person, but I've received a lot from his ministry and from his preaching. And, and uh, a lot of it's come through YouTube, but I still have received so much through his ministry that I would consider him a spiritual parent. Um, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't focus on a man. No man is God. Uh, no preacher is God. Man is man. But, but God does anoint men and women um, and, and gives them gifts. And just like Elijah just said, you know, um, preachers are gifts to the body of Christ. And a lot of people put preachers up on a pedestal and kind of like Justin Bieber and Sean Mendez said in their most recent song, Monster, um, you know, people put them up on a pedestal and then they get disappointed and upset and angry when they fall or mess up mm-hmm. because they, they expect that because somebody's anointed that they're superhuman yeah. and not susceptible to temptation. This isn't really a part of what I'm preaching, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Uh, you know, people say, well, preachers are, are more accountable. Uh, and that's true, Elijah, but, you know, uh, they're more accountable to God, not you. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, the, the Bible says that who are you to judge another man's servant to yep. his own master? He stands or he falls. And um, I don't know why I said that other than just to say that, you know, we, we don't ever put people up on a pedestal. We honor the office and we honor the anointing. Yep. And no man has it all. No man is perfect. And, and we don't expect people to be perfect. Um, we pull on the anointing that is on that person. We don't pull on the person themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and we keep our eyes on Jesus. And that is how we receive of the gifts that God has given us through anointed men and women in the fivefold ministry. All that saying, uh, we're reading a book and we're referring to a book today called The Midas Touch. It was the last, if not one of the last, um, books slash messages uh, from Brother Hagen before he passed away and went home to be with the Lord. And in this book, he really addressed some things that he felt like were an imbalance with the prosperity message. Uh, not just that. He, he, he clarified in the beginning, you know, about what he believes about prosperity. He goes through the scriptures. And um, really today, we're not getting so much into that side of it. We got into that more in the last podcast, talking about the purpose of prosperity, what prosperity is for, where it's supposed to come from, how we're supposed to use it, um, the place it's supposed to have in our heart. And if, and if you haven't heard that one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one. But today I want to get into kind of the other side of, of that, what he talked about, and just in general uh, addressing this issue of, of how to find balance 
with the prosperity message. Um, I, I've talked a lot. <laughs> Go ahead and just jump in, Elijah. No, no, no for sure. Um, <clears throat> the history behind Midas Touch, really quickly, um, it was really written because there was a an abuse on the subject of, of finances, not because, you know, any minister was in mind or anything, but Brother Hagin was seeing some things that he had already seen. He had already been in ministry 60 years at that point, so he would have seen a few things. And so he was seeing some things creep back into the church that he had seen um, years prior, gimmicks, um, you know, sin $49.99 for this blessing or whatever, mm -hmm. different things of that nature. He wrote the book. and Well, he didn't really write the book. What happened was it was during a meeting that he was supposed to speak at. But before the meeting, before his at Ramah, the Spirit of God fell in that meeting. So Brother Hagin didn't end up ministering that day. He just let the Spirit of God flow with whoever was ministering at that time. And he sat at a table with two gentlemen, one being named Tony Cook and the other being named Keith Moore. And uh, he sat with them and they had a conversation. And that conversation would be turned into the Midas Touch. And um, they, it's a good book, it's a good work, it's a good ministry. There was a meeting that Brother Hagin had with a lot of the ministers of the day. Some showed up, some didn't, about um, just this, this gospel and the balance that needs to take place in it. So that's kind of like a quick, quick little history of uh, Midas Touch and what went down with that book. And so, oh, but um, very, very powerful. And, but yeah, really written for balance. Um, you know, th these things need to be uh, perfectly balanced, mm. as, as all things, things should be. be. You know, so. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's kind of the, the quick history of why. Okay, that's good. That's good stuff. I, I want to start out with reading this scripture, um, and uh, in Deuteronomy chapter eight, uh, it kind of goes through some things here. It talks about how God tested the children of Israel in the wilderness. He, he said, "I tested you with manna. I wanted to see what was in your heart." And that's a big part of what we want to talk about is what is in the heart. And uh, he said this in verse 7, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and of barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Now that's them making a living. That is them digging out things that they can sell, they can use to build. Basically, that's revenue. And he said this in verse 10, When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. But in verse 11 he says this, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. Now when, when the Bible tells you to beware... Uh, you would do well to beware. It would behoove you to, to beware. If there's a dog in the backyard, uh, you want to beware of that dog. Otherwise, you'll get bitten, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the tush or somewhere worse. I don't know. But uh, he said, you'll keep his judgments, heal his statutes, which I command you today. It says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. Now, let me stop right here, Elijah. He didn't say it was wrong to build beautiful houses no. and dwell in them. No, he didn't. Now, I hear a lot of people say, well, why did they build that big, beautiful house mm -hmm. and living in it? No. They shouldn't be doing that, doing that. Well, he just said, when you have built beautiful houses yep. and dwell in them. Apparently, he wasn't upset about that, but it was the thing that came after that that bothered him. He says, when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, it says, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord's your God. Mm -hmm. God's not 
bothered by people building beautiful houses or having wealth. He's bothered by people forgetting him and leaving him out of it. That is what offends him. It says, you, you forget him who brought you out of Egypt. In other words, they forgot where they came from. Mm-hmm. It says, they, you forget that you were brought out of the house of bondage. 15, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness. And, and there were fiery serpents. There was no water. You had to drink water out of the rock. In other words, you had to believe God. Yep. You had to believe God just to get water. Mm-hmm. You, those times when you had to rely on him. You had to trust in him for every, every rent check, yep. every, yeah. every yeah. You know, thing that you needed, every tank of gas, you had to believe God. He said, he's saying, don't forget those times. Mm-hmm. And he says this, he said, he fed you in the wilderness with manna that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. And then you say in your heart, my power and my might have gotten me this wealth. And then he says this, You will remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant with you as it is this day. You know, riches are not the problem. Money is not the problem. Money is not evil. The problem with, with many things and every issue is the heart. Mm-hmm. When something goes wrong in the heart, that is when the train gets off track. Yeah. And, and, and if the train gets off track, it's just a matter of time before the destruction happens. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and speak on that for a moment, Elijah, if you have something. Yeah, it's all about the heart. You know, it said that uh, you referenced it earlier, uh, but I'm going to read it really quick if I can find it. First Corinthians, excuse me, First Timothy chapter 6, and we're looking at, ooh, what verse are we looking at here? Where it talks about the love of money being the root of all evil is verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil in the New King James, for which... Some have strayed from the faith, just like what you're talking about, Ben. Their heart has, has strayed from the faith into greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When he says the love of money is the root of all evil, we can really trace this all the way back to Lucifer. Uh, because Lucifer had Jasper, he had Onyx, he had mm-hmm. all these, he was the cherub that covered, he had all these stones that was his dwelling. He got into a place where he was so lifted up by all the finances that he had, or the, the jewelry that he had, the fine stones that he had, and he got caught up in pride, and then what happened? He said, I'm going to lift myself up, I'm going to exalt myself above God. What happened? He literally yielded to the love of money, and that literally is where the root of evil comes from. Hmm. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's traced back to Lucifer. But it's a heart thing. You know, um, Brother Hagen in the book, he talks about this. The Lord appeared to him and he said, listen, I'm not opposed to my children having the best kind of whatever. My, he said, my people should have the best place to meet. Hmm. They should have the best, you know, car, whatever it is. He said, I'm not opposed to my people being rich. He said, I'm opposed to them being covetous. Yeah. That's what he's opposed to. So that's what comes to my mind when you, when you, when you say that, Ben, about the heart. Well, where's your heart? What's the motive? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing I think right along with that is as important to establish is the purpose of prosperity yeah. is to do the work and the will of God. Yep. That is the purpose of, of prosperity is to accomplish the work and the will of God. Now, you mentioned 1 Timothy 6. In verse 17, it also says that we should not trust in riches, but trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's right. Now, all things, you got to really look that up to really understand what it means, Elijah. Uh, basically, it means um, all things. It really does. And uh, now, that doesn't mean he gives you sinful things or bad things, because really, uh, sin is just a misuse or an abuse of a good thing. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Every form of sin, every kind of sin, whether it's drug abuse, sure. 
sexual abuse, yeah. uh, whatever it is, uh, all these sins, alcohol abuse, yeah. sin <clears throat> is, is an abuse of a good thing. It's a twisting and a distorting of a good thing. You're exactly right. So yeah. God gives us richly all things to enjoy, and he gives it to us in the right way. Uh, Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. That's exactly right. And, and whenever greed is the motive, there is sorrow that is added with greed because yeah. it's selfish, and it usually ends up hurting other people yeah. in order to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brother Hagen said this in his book, and I'll quote this. Uh, he said, Can we expect to be prosperous as Christians? He said, Yeah. We can, we can, just as Jesus was. But that means that our motive for being prosperous should also be the same as his. Now, let me just give a little bit of context when he says Jesus was. I know we haven't really set that up or laid a foundation for that, but he basically goes through the, the New Testament and the Gospels and shows how Jesus had people who supported him. Yep. Jesus had good clothes. Like his robe was a coveted thing. It was a nice thing. The, the Romans cast lots over it. Um, so it wasn't just a piece of junk from Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he, he goes on to say that Jesus had his basic needs met. He had ability. He gave to the poor. And you see that through the Gospels. Now, I'm not going to get into that whole thing right now. Study that out. Look, Maybe read this book. This is a good book if you want to look at that, The Midas Touch. Go get it. But basically, he says that we can expect to be prosperous, but... That means that our motive for being prosperous should also be the same as his. He wants his people, including his preachers, to have plenty to enable them to go teach, preach, and heal people in the villages and cities of the world and to help others to go. In God's economy, prosperity is the means to an end, world evangelism. But he goes on to say this, why do we want to prosper? Is it our desire to minister to others or to ourselves? Do we seek prosperity to help finance the work of God or to enjoy the luxuries of life? Big houses, showy cars, expensive clothes, fancy food, lavish entertainment. Now, now listen, we just said God's not against those things in and of themselves. Those things are not evil. But the problem is, is forgetting God when you do it and getting so comfortable and just living your life that you forget the gospel, mm-hmm. that you're comfortable and that you're, you're, not, you're not seeking the kingdom of God because you're focused on your wealth. And I think it's also important to, to clarify that you know, when we say you can expect to be prosperous, um, you know, prosperity is not just amount of money in your bank account. It's things going well. Mm-hmm. It's success. Yeah, that's really what it is, is success. It's, yeah. it's things going well for you. So mm-hmm. don't misunderstand that and think that, that I'm saying that if you don't have a certain amount of money, uh, that you're not in God's will or you're not doing God's will or anything like that. No, Paul said, I've learned in every season and every state therewith to be content. He said, I know how to be abased yeah. and I know how to abound. Well, that means, Elijah, that Paul had some seasons of being abased. Oh, yes, he did. And he also had some seasons of abounding. Both, exactly. If it was just abasement, <laughs> abasement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he was in abasement, I think he literally was in abasement, you know, at one point. But if it was just being abased, then he would have just said that. But he also had seasons of abounding. And he said, I know how to be content in the midst of that. So don't misunderstand and think that we're saying that you need to have things or, or have money. Uh, that, that's what that means. Um, it definitely includes that. And God knows that we do need money in this world system. And we all operate it. Listen, if you say you hate money, then I guess you're going to quit your job tomorrow yep. and stop trying to get it. And, and Elijah, you brought up this point, you know, wealth is relative. It's very, it's so true. It's relative to culture. Yep. It's relevi- relative to era. 
mm-hmm. relative to to economy, you know, and and there are people. The average American is considered wildly wealthy to mm-hmm. people in third world countries. Yeah, and and yet some of those people are the ones who who would criticize people who have a lot, who do a lot, but. You know, and that's, we're just clarifying and laying a foundation of it. Our purpose is not to talk bad about any people or, or to, to come against preachers or say they're doing this wrong or they're doing that. Yeah, not at all. We are just approaching this from the Word of God and we're saying, hey, we see a need for some balance and we're addressing it. Sure. And, and all we're saying is that the focus of, of prosperity, quote unquote, in the Bible is not getting money. Mm-hmm. It's seeking the kingdom of God, yeah. and the purpose of it is to pursue the kingdom of God. And Brother Hagin gets into that more and more in these chapters of, of his book, and he talks about a lot of different stuff. But, you know, I think one of the things that bother a lot of people, Elijah, about prosperity and about the prosperity message is that it, it seems as if it's identical to the world in, in its attempt to get money. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there's this thing where you, we see these commercials, we see these infomercials, and, and I'm not criticizing anybody or anything, yeah. but it, you know, we're like, have this subconscious understanding and awareness that that 1995 sign is just, you're trying to make money, you're trying to get money, you're trying to sell your product, which in and of itself isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just capitalism. There's nothing wrong with selling things and getting money. That's a good thing. I mean, it's good to have a trade, but but this 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 attempt to market, to advertise, to try and and bait people into buying this and buying that, and, and we have that kind of kind of built in resistance to that. You know, oh, yeah. you go to the mall, and I heard a comedian say this one time. He says, sometimes when I want to be left alone, I go to the mall and hold a clipboard. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's we just have that natural just just intuition to stay away from people trying to sell things to us yeah. that you know that want my money like you know Kevin Malone like you want my money mm-hmm. like you know like why do you want my money you know and and I think whenever we get that feeling you know whether it's in the mall or whether it's when you, you go to a retail store but you're just trying to look around and that person's in your face and like can I help you find anything and it's like no I'll let you know and mm-hmm. you know that yeah. that just feeling of people want my money mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people get that feeling when they go into church mm-hmm. and, and, and when during certain messages especially when there's a pool mm-hmm. and, and and you know we can get into this a little bit more but you know Paul talked about you know how he said, I, I don't pull on you for anything. Yep. He said, I'm, I'm, he said, he said I, I'm not pulling on you, burdening you for anything. He said, I would not have that, that one of you is eased and the other one burdened. You know, so, so he, he didn't pull on people for finances, mm-hmm. uh, and yet his needs were always met. Mm-hmm. And, and you see this, you read you know, 1 Corinthians 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, you read in 2 Corinthians, those verses, it, it, he really gets into this. You just read those chapters and, he, and you really see this out that Paul keeps saying, I'm not burdening you, I'm not pulling on you for anything. And yet he still talks about giving. He still talks about in, in 2 Corinthians 8 um, how, how he said, you gave out of your poverty and you ministered to my needs. Mm-hmm. He said in Philippians 4, you ministered to me and I have all and I abound. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, and now that fruit will abound to your account. Yeah. He, he said... Late, you know, later on about, about you know, he who gives with a cheerful heart, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. I believe that's in Galatians 6. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's so important uh, to, to differentiate between the two of those things that it's not wrong to talk about money in church. Mm-hmm. 
And talking about money in church doesn't mean that we're pulling on people or that the pastor has to pull on people or that somebody's trying to get their hand in that person's wallet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that makes a lot of people resistant. And it's just important to remember that, you know, Paul, he wasn't afraid to talk about money, and yet he never pulled on people for it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, You know, there are crooks in any profession. I don't care what you're talking about, lawyers, doctors, they're good ones, and they're crooked ones. So it's important to be led by the Spirit and of the Spirit who you support and who you give to. But Paul said that not, he said in Corinthians, never to give in response to pressure mm-hmm. or of necessity. Don't give because somebody's pressuring you. One translation literally says that in response to pressure. Um, so, you know, people are saying, well, if you don't give, you know, we're going to get off the air. Well, get off the air then. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, you don't know how to believe God, then get off the air and not have put pressure on people because faith puts no pressure on people. That's, That's true. something we have to remember. I always have to know. Paul talked about those we read in First Timothy six earlier. He talks about those in First Timothy six who were preaching, and they were saying that um, they they equated the worship of God with making great sums of money. Mm-hmm. As one translation said, and in order to be great in God, you have to have all gain is godliness mm-hmm. is what the the King James says. But here's what it is. Here's a here's the perversion. You see how the enemy twists. Gain is godliness. No, it's not. It's the other way around. Godliness That's right. is gain. That's right. Is what Paul taught. Yeah. Godliness is gain. With contentment. Well, yeah. That's 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 great gain. Mm-hmm. That brings the gain. That's what Paul said. He's telling you the secret. He's letting you in on this secret. Uh, I, I'm content with what I have. Uh, he didn't say complacent. Mm-hmm. He, he said content. And uh, being content, once again, is a heart thing. Uh, God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by yeah. Christ Jesus. So our faith in that is that we are content not to stay where we are, but we're content knowing that we have a provider, yeah. that we have a father. We're content with our wages. John the Baptist told the Romans to be, or the soldiers there, to be content with their wages. Mm-hmm. We're content with what we're making right now. We're content in all these ways, and then that's what gets us into this self-sufficiency. Yeah. Being self-sufficient in that. It comes Mm -hmm. from that place of being content. That transitions you into the place of self-sufficiency. Really, when it says self-sufficiency, it really means self-content. It's really one of it. Being content and having what you need. So you can have the fancy car? No. So you can abound to every good work. That's what it's all about. That's right. You know, Paul said, uh, I'll read this in 2 Corinthians 9. I'll read a couple of verses here. He said, Now concerning the ministering to the saints... It is superfluous. That's a word. There it is. Uh, for me to write to you. In other words, it's, it's he's he's saying that it's. Well, I'm not gonna. I don't know what he's you just saying. Look up just look up. <laughs> I was gonna try to explain that, but I need to think about it for a little while before I try to do that. He said, "For I know your willingness. I know what that means." He said, "About which I boast uh, of you to the Macedonians, but uh, I'm not even gonna try to say that name. Um, Achai, Achai, Bowl. Is that what it is? Oh no, there it is. Was ready a year ago." And your zeal was stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that as I said, you may be ready. He's talking about giving. He said, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. He's securing this gift. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's going ahead. He's, he's like, going ahead, he's like, you said you're going to give this. Let's make sure. Let's see. Let's wait, where, make sure that check done. He's you like, we're, I mean? he's like, all right. You, you know, Elijah, you shouldn't give your word unless you mean it. That's true. Man. You shouldn't say you're going to give unless you're going to do it. Oh yeah. You shouldn't pledge that amount unless Uh-oh. you're going to do it. Whoops. Oh. 
you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't be quick to say oh you know when that money comes in we're gonna tithe we're gonna give hey don't say it unless you mean it because Paul's saying he's like all right well well we, I'm sending somebody tomorrow to make sure <laughs> he's yep. like that's what he said that's what he said but you know what they said they pledged he said I know your willingness mm-hmm. he knew their heart he knew that they had already said that so he's he's like all right well well I'm gonna make plans accordingly because I trust your exactly. word exactly that's why he's doing that for sure uh, he said which you had previously promised there it is that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. He, uh, he says this in verse 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may ab- have abundance for every good work. You know, Elijah, we shouldn't give out of grudge or necessity, and we shouldn't expect other people to give out of grudge or necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this thing that I think there's this mindset, this idea that kind of floats around the church a little bit that anything to do with ministry should be free. Mm. Yeah. That that whether it's now now I'm gonna I'm gonna tread carefully here. Oh. I'm gonna tread carefully here. Here we go. But I, I've been praying about this and been thinking about it. You know, Jesus said a workman is worthy of his wages. That's what he said. Um, you know, I'm. You know me, Elijah. I'm all about volunteering. Yep. We've served together. I don't regret any of it. I, I'd do it over again. Well, there's some. I've already done it. Okay, yeah, there you I, go. I don't there regret doing it. Let me say it like that. There you go. Um, <laughs> Just say it like that. But God's like, are you sure? I was like, oh, no, no, hold on a second. But but you shouldn't say things unless you mean it, Elijah. It's you so know true. That? Yeah, but we're learning. But. Um, you know, there's that thing, though. It's good to volunteer. It's good to serve. It's good to have teams. Uh, uh, it's good to have time to invest, um, to invest in the kingdom of God, what you're passionate about you invest in. I heard John Foreman from the band Switchfoot say, you know, before we got paid to do this, we paid to do it. That's right. And, and there is a That's season right. of that. That's there right. is a time that you invest your things and, and, and your time into the kingdom. Yep. But, you know, Paul also said, I wouldn't have it that one is eased and the other burdened. Mm-hmm. And you know, Elijah, um, there shouldn't be this compulsive idea that anything to do with the ministry should be free. Mm-hmm. That that you shouldn't, you know, if it's a ministry thing, well, you're just sowing your seed. You're just, you need to be given your time. Like, not if it's burdening you. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. Why would somebody want you to work for free? Mm-hmm. Because it's saving them money. Yeah. <laughs> that's money. That's people that they don't have to hire. Mm-hmm. So one's being eased and the other one's burdened. Paul said there should be equality, mm-hmm. and there shouldn't be an imbalance of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that people have gotten offended with is seeing what they feel like is the church taking advantage of things because yeah. it's in the name of the ministry. Or even you see you know, preacher's discounts, things like that. Now, I'm not against any of that. If somebody wants to bless somebody who's a minister, mm-hmm. I'm saying it shouldn't be a pull for that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, thank God our government gives us tax-free and things like that. And, 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 you know, we have companies and organizations that do that. That's a blessing. They'll be blessed on behalf of it. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's an honor of it. Nothing wrong with any of that. But there shouldn't be that compulsive pull that because this is a ministry thing, it should be free. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that, can give, that can give a bad name. Mm-hmm. I can tell you got something. Well, I do. I do. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse Seven, he sends out the twelve. He says, "As you go preach, tell them that the kingdom of God <clears throat> is at hand." Excuse me, there. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. People 
uh, it's that verse that's been confused, mm-hmm. and people have used that verse in general, really, to say, well, see that they're freely receive, freely give. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you ought to just come and do this freely. Well, let's keep this in context here. What is he talking about here? As you go preach, saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Watch this: heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the de- cast out the devils. Freely you receive, freely give. In other words, don't charge people to lay hands on them. Mm-hmm. Don't charge anyone to clean the leper. Mm-hmm. You freely receive this power. You freely give. Well, then, so what are they get? Pay- well, what are we paying them for? First Timothy five seventeen in the Passion Translation. The pastors who lead the church well, and by the way, that's not everyone, mm. should be paid well. Mm. They should receive double honor. Talking about finances. Why? For this, for faithfully preaching and teaching the revelation of the Word of God. Wow. Not everybody's faithful in teaching the revelation of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't charge anybody to lay hands on them. Mm-hmm. You don't charge them for that. There's no charge for that. Yep. Well, what does he mean that he's worthy of his hire? Because he's up studying. Mm-hmm. If that person has, is worth a grain of salt, and like I said, I'm not coming against anybody, but they're studying, they're preparing, they're before the Lord to faithfully, to faithfully give the Word of God and to faithfully communicate the Word of God. To the congregation. And, and Paul said if they're ruling well, yeah. if they're faithful in preaching and teaching the word of God, they're worthy of not just honor, but double honor. Double honor. Sorry about that little Siri interruption there. We'll just, hey, I'll, she, I'll she wanted, her, she we'll wanted her, to say amen. Take her aside. Yeah, she, she, was, she was like, you know. That's anyway. good. That'll preach. That was a good, good word, Elijah. You know, and, and uh, it's true. Uh, it's not to say that, that we don't sow into things, but just like we just read, it should be out of a cheerful heart yeah, as we purpose in our heart. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and whether it's giving or whether it's giving your time, it mm-hmm. should come out of a cheerful heart. It shouldn't be compulsive. Yeah. And there shouldn't be a compulsive uh, need or pull that because this is a ministry thing, you need to do this for free, that there's no money involved. Watch this in, in 1 Corinthians 9. It says this, Paul said, Am I not an apostle? Uh, am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Which would make him an apostle. That's another podcast. Anyway. Are you not my Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. He said, my defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Mm-hmm. Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Now, I'm just going to stop right there. You know, Peter didn't leave his wife. Mm-mm. He just Paul just said that that Peter had a believing wife. Mm-hmm. Peter left home for a season, doing the ministry with Jesus because Jesus was on the earth for 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 a short. His ministry only lasted three years. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, "What God has joined, let no man separate." Mm-hmm. And Jesus didn't turn around and separate Peter from his wife. No. That's not what he said. It's just like a, a soldier that goes on a tour of duty. Yeah, that's all it was. But Peter had it, so don't get, the, get that mindset. I just want to address that while we're that's here, good. while we're in the neighborhood. Yeah. He said, or is it only Barabbas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? Or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man, or do I say the law the same also? He says, for it is written in the law of Moses, in verse 9, you shall not muzzle the ox while it treads out the grain. You know, Elijah, there are people who are muzzling and hindering their ministers, their people, mm-hmm. in the name of spirituality. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we're bringing balance of is why we believe in abundance, why we believe in prosperity, is that Paul is saying you shouldn't burden somebody with poverty when they're working. Mm-hmm. You should be meeting their needs. And that doesn't mean, you know, you're just feeding a lavish lifestyle for them to mm-hmm. blow their nose with $100 bills. That's not no, what he's no, saying. No, 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 not at all. But he's saying that there should be, there should be a response. There, it's good to take care of ministers. And it's good to take care of each other, not just ministers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. good to take care of your parents. Yes, that's Jesus scriptural. talked about that's scriptural, that. man. Yeah. Jesus talked about people who gave to the church and neglected their parents. The tithe. The tithe. You know, given this is a whole other thing, but you know, given to your your pam- parents or grandparents in their time of need is an acceptable use of the tithe, it according is. to Jesus. According to Jesus himself. Well, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But uh, it's just something I just wanted to touch on here. Is, is there's a lot of imbalance in the sense of people in the church trying to get money. And, and even it's not just the prosperity thing. It, it's in the church in general, and that has kind of given the church a bad name to the world. And, and even just being cheap. You know, one of the things, Elijah, that, that has, has kind of bothered me is the idea of debt cancellation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now let me clar- clarify and qualify that. You know, I, I am somebody who I've had debts in the past that were not my intention. I didn't sign my name anywhere. It was something that I, you know, got went to the hospital. You know, had to save my life, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I accumulated some debt, mm-hmm. and the Lord's, I believe, supernaturally eliminated that and gave me favor and and removed that from me. And I did everything I knew to do mm-hmm. to try and pay it, but it was removed. It was it was it was forgiven. It was canceled. But you know, when you sign your name and you give your word to pay off something, um, the Bible says, "He who swears to his own hurt and changes not." And he, it also says, "I know I'm quoting scriptures, and I'm not necessarily remembering the references. But if you type these in on your Bible app or on Google, the references will come up. I'm I'm not just making up stuff. I promise." Um, he, he said that he who borrows and pays not again, I believe it's in Proverbs 3, um, or no, I'm sorry, Psalm 37, uh, he who borrows and pays not again is wicked. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, really you should believe God to pay off your debts, not for them to be supernaturally canceled according mm-hmm. to the word. Yeah. Now God will do that. Now that, that goes along with prosperity. God wants to enable you to pay off your debts. Mm-hmm. He wants to empower you to be debt free. Mm-hmm. Matt Fay gave a word at the end of, of my last podcast to people who are in debt, and it was powerful. Go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. But, you know, one of the biggest things, Elijah, that we should do as the body of Christ when it comes to money is be a good witness. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways we can be a witness with money is giving. Yeah. Giving to other people, giving to each other, giving to the lost, giving, giving to the poor, uh, outreach, giving. And that speaks well of the Lord. And that's one of the main purposes of prosperity mm-hmm. is giving. Yeah. There's a the ministry in the surplus. It's a cheap expression of love, too, is giving. God, mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave. He did something in return. There's, there's, there's a principle there, too, man. And, and with, with the purpose of prosperity, you know, I just want to say this really quick. You know, the Bible talks about in, in Matthew 26, I believe it is. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Matthew 27 and verse 57, that Joseph of Arimathea, when Jesus was crucified and he was, uh, he became the substitute and he, st- and he became uh, the sacrifice for our sins. Praise God for that. Um, the Joseph of Arimathea, the Bible says that he was a rich man 
who also was Jesus' disciple. Mm -hmm. So here we have a rich disciple in the Bible. And he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus and he gave it to him. And the Bible says that he put him in his own new tomb. Let me say this, by the way, Jesus likes new. <laughs> somebody, somebody doesn't like that. Yeah. So, but, but he likes new. You don't put old wine with the new wine skins. He said, go get a donkey and it's going to be a new donkey. Huh. And nobody ever sat on when, he's, when he sent the disciples out. Jesus has a thing for new. Huh. And they buried him in a new tomb, which they hewn out of the rock. This is basically a mausoleum. This is a beautiful thing. This is not a cheap thing. And they bury him there. And guess what? This fulfills prophecy because Isaiah 53 says that he made his, his dwelling among the rich. Yeah. When he, when he was buried among the rich. Joseph of Arimathea's prosperity literally fulfilled prophecy. This is the purpose of prosperity. Hmm. To fulfill God's will That's good. in the earth. Yeah. He literally fulfilled prophecy because he was rich. Yeah. The Lord was able to use that. Yeah. Have a full supply. Being supplied. We're not talking about a dollar amount. That's, that's relative. Yeah. We're talking about being supplied and being rich in good works. Works that inspire. When he says good works, works that inspire people mm -hmm. to keep going. Right. To do what they're called to do. And, and just to clarify, you know, you know uh, I love what Elijah just said and, and uh, what he just clarified. Because we're not... The purpose of this podcast, if you're just listening to it, is not to come against anything. The, the prosperity message or people who don't believe in it. Honestly, it's to join some things together and bring some healing and unity where there's been some division and confusion in these areas. But, you know, uh, it, there's just been some imbalances that we want to address. In the first podcast, you know, we talked more about becoming, you know, prosperity and what it's for. And so just that's what we're doing in this podcast, just to clarify. One of the things I want to touch on before I move on in the last few minutes is, is one of the things Brother Hagen talks about in this book, The Midas Touch, is the, the idea of there being an end-time wealth transfer. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying that that is wrong and that there's no such thing as that. Um, the, there is a verse that says that the, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and that is the Word of God, and, and there is some truth to that, but that is only one verse. It's pulled you know, out of, off of the shelf, and there's, it's easy to build a whole doctrine off of one verse. And one of the things Brother Hagen addresses in here is that, you know, whether or not there is an end-time wealth transfer, our focus should not be on getting wealth from the wicked. It should be on getting the gospel to the wicked. Mm -hmm, and he, yeah. he lists these verse, this verse here in a couple different translations. Um, it, it, it says, um, Paul said to the, to the Corinthians, I seek not yours, but you, in 2 Corinthians twelve fourteen, He says, as a minister, he was not focused on their money, but their souls. The apostle John said the following about the same ministers, or I'm sorry, some ministers who travel with the gospel. He says, because that for his name's sake, they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. Other translations say, accepting nothing from the heathen, taking nothing from the people of the world, and declined to take anything from pagans. And they accept no help from non-Christians. Now, now let's qualify that. You know, I'm not saying that somebody who's not a Christian could not be used of God to minister to you. Mm -hmm. um, we know of stories that that has happened. I know of times that has happened before. Um, but it's a focus. It's trying to get something from the the heathen, the uh, people who are not believers, and focused on that, getting their money. And think about the kind of oxymoron of it, Elijah, mm -hmm. saying, oh, I, we want the end-time wealth transfer to share the gospel. 
So you want to get money from the wicked so that you can finance the gospel to the wicked. That sounds like um, others being eased and others being It does. So So I'm not just coming against, don't get upset with me, don't get mad at me. I'm just reading scripture. We're just addressing that. We're bringing some balance. I'm not saying that's totally wrong. I'm not saying you're totally wrong if you th- if you think Listen, like that. when the children of Israel was taken out. There it is, yeah. And they got that, the gold and the silver. The Bible does not say that Egypt tanked mm-hmm. after that. That's right. Because God is still cares about them. Uh-huh. And they didn't pull on them for it. They gave it to them. Exactly. There was no pull or anything like that. It yeah. was given to them. Yeah. So I am for that. I can. I, I know stories where people are like, "Here, the Lord dealt with me to give you this." Right. You know, and then they're wicked. You know, or they may not even know the, to like say the Jesse Lord. Brother Jesse, that time. Yeah, Brother Jesse, when he had been preaching, and, they, and the church gave him a Dr. Pepper. Right. He still has that Dr. Pepper to this day. That's all the church gave him for preaching there for a while. I believe it was for maybe mm-hmm. a week. I don't know how long, but they gave him a Dr. Pepper. So he went to this uh, convenience store, gas station. And there was this gentleman there who was cussing left and right. And he said, uh, hey, well, tell me, you know, what's up with you? And he told him I was at this church. And he said, oh, that blankety-blank church, they don't know how to treat anybody. And so he, he went in and got him some, some popcorn, I believe, and then gave him like $400, $500, something yeah. like that. And this guy's wicked. He's yeah. not serving God. Yeah. But see, he but did Brother Jesse pull on him? No. No. And, and, and like I said, I'm not saying there's no truth to that. It's just we're just bringing some balance to that. Um, there's there's more to see on that, and, and you don't want to go overboard with focusing on getting wealth from the wicked. Anyway, I'm going to move on for a second. Do you have anything else on that real quick? Oh, man. Um, there's so much that, that could be said about that. But like I said, the main focus is it's not about, because see, is love the motive? Mm-hmm. Is love the motive? Because you can talk about, oh, yeah, the wealth of the wicked, man. We're going to get their money. Like, that's not the right motive. That's not the right heart. If that's the approach you're coming at it from. You know, the Bible, that same verse says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's right. Right then, then he goes on to say that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. A good man's leaving an inheritance for his children's children. That's right. So what, 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 what which one's my part? Uh-oh. Oh. Well, which one should I be focusing on? Uh-huh. The wealth of the wicked? Oh, I'm going to get their money. Or should I be endeavoring to do what I can? And be obedient to whatever yeah. he says for me to do. Yeah. To leave an inheritance for my for my children's children. Yeah. And the best thing you can leave them is a heritage of faith. Mm. That's what I have. That's on good. That. That's awesome. Um, you know, in, in Revelations chapter 3, uh, it says this, verse 14, Jesus is speaking here. And it's the first time he's, he's really spoken directly since you, we see that he spoke to Apostle Paul. And, and, but it's it, you know we see the red letters scattered throughout the the gospels very seldom, um, and then and this is the first time we're really hearing red words since since really the gospels like a full mm. passage of red words. Yeah, and, and Jesus says in verse fourteen of chapter three, he says to the angel of the church at Laodicea, write these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You know, Jesus is not afraid to use strong words, Elijah, mm-hmm. to, to, to get his point across. Yeah. I think that's interesting. He, he's not squeamish. He says, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Mm-hmm. He says, and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Why? Not because they have money, because they're lukewarm. 
Mm-hmm. You got to read the whole context. He mm-hmm. says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Well, what's and he it, talking about there? Mm-hmm. Well, what's, what's he painting a picture of? Gold. He said, buy from me gold. Well, what is referenced to as gold mm-hmm. in the Bible? The trial of your faith. Yeah. Being like precious gold. And, and he the said, garments. Yeah. Garment of That's righteousness. Right. That's right. That's right. You know what he's saying? Mm-hmm. He's like, you, you're not really wealthy because you, you're, you're not getting what only comes from God. Mm-hmm. That only comes from me. That's anyway, right. I'm sorry. No, no, no. no that's, that's good. He says, you have need of nothing. You say you have need of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard, I've heard uh, Jeremy say this before. The goal of prosperity is not to no longer have a need. Mm-mm. Because the moment you no longer have need, you no longer have vision. That's exactly because right. Because vision creates a need. Yep. And, and when you're doing the work of God, there's always a need. There's always a need. And, and you know that there's always a need. There's always a supplier. I'll be honest with you, Elijah. I'm a little bit bothered by, in church, the, the idea that we don't ever talk about need. Mm-hmm. Um, now, don't misunderstand me. I, I believe it's wrong to magnify the need oh, sure. over the provider. Oh, we need this. We need that. What are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about that? That's not good. Yeah, that's worried. We, that's we are to help. magnify the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong to say, I need you, God. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to say, I have a need. Paul said, God will supply all your need. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's not wrong to say, we, we need this. You're not confessing that. You're acknowledging, I have a need. Well, that's pride. But, but I also have a provider. That's right. That's, that's pride. That's pride to, 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 to walk around and act like you don't have any needs, that mm-hmm. you don't need something. That's pride, man. I mean, like in my life, man, like you saw it today, bro. I got blessed with a car. Yep. You sure you know? did. I got blessed with a nice I got blessed car. with an iPad. Praise you know? God. It's a good well, week. Look, it's a good week almost for us, Christmas. man. I tell you, it's almost Christmas time at the time, of the, uh, the, of the time of this recording. So, but anyway, man, I had, that was a need. Mm. You know, that, that car is for ministry. I treat that car, some people may, may or not get this reference, but I treat that car like Brother Moore treats the plane. Yeah. That's for the ministry. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not just so Elijah can drive around. Yeah. That's for the ministry to go out and preach the gospel. Yeah. That's a, that's a vehicle that I'm using, a tool. That's a tool yeah. is what it is. But there was a need there. And you know, all need is is an indicator of God's supply. Yeah. That's all need is. Yeah. It's a divine indicator. So don't get to be ashamed of your need. Matter of fact, embrace it. Mm. I, I dare you to wake up one morning and thank God for all your needs. Mm. Why? Because you're going to tap in and see his supply. Mm. The need exists to be met. That's, That's right. the only reason need exists, so it can be met. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, um, it's and it can be pride to say, I don't have a need. You know, if somebody says, hey, hey, do you need anything? Can I do anything for you? Oh, no, I don't need anything. Yeah, just your prayers. But, just your prayers. Just your prayers. But you're about to get kicked out of your house. Mm-hmm. You're walking to work. Uh, you're hungry, you haven't eaten all day. That's pride. That's still pride. And, and, and you know, <laughs> somebody um, said this to me one time. I, I, I was wearing my, I have a kind of a ring, kind of purity ring thing I wear, and I was wearing it on my wedding finger. Mm. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, and, and, I, and, and a good friend of mine, uh, you know, him, him and his wife, his wife said to me, he was, you know, Ben, if you keep wearing it on that finger, you're, <laughs> no girl's ever going to come around you because they're going to think you're married. Yeah. And any kind of girl that you would want to attract won't be the kind of girl that will talk to you if she thinks you're married. Yeah. And yeah. so I listened to that. I was wisdom, you know. That's wisdom. And so I, I switched fingers. So praise God. But, um, you know, uh, Elijah, that's so good. And it's not wrong to admit we have a need because if we act like we don't need anything, we act like we don't need God. Mm-hmm. You think about that. You say, I have need of nothing. What are you also saying? I, I don't need mm-hmm. him. Yeah. You're acting like I, I'm saying I don't need him. Uh, over in Luke 12, Jesus is talking to this man 
who interrupted Jesus in the middle of one of his messages and said, Lord, tell my brother to divide this inheritance with me. And Jesus said, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And, you know, <laughs> we don't need to get involved in everybody's business. Come on. You know, and sometimes people want to burden you with their business. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just need to say, what, what have I to do with that? Mm-hmm. What, what, that's none of my business. Don't bring that up to me. Keep that between you and them. I don't need to know <laughs> about all your problems, you know. But he, he said this in verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Man, this applies to people who believe in the prosperity message. This idea that, that we're always focused on getting more things, the next thing. We, we disguise covetousness as vision. Mm, you know, good. I like, it's, good. It's, not, it's good to have vision, mm-hmm. but it's not good to be covetous. And in, in fact, Brother Hagin said that's what he felt like the Lord spoke to him about this is that I'm not opposed to my children being rich. He appeared to him. The Lord appeared yeah, to him. Right. Yeah. That was one of the times the Lord appeared to him and so yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. And that's what the word says, man. We have the word to back that up. He said in verse 16, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? He said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater, and I'll store all my crops and my goods. Now, listen, people have said like, you know, well, see, he shouldn't have done that. But when you think about it, what does Deuteronomy teach? Mm -hmm. He said, man, you're going to have so much, you're going to have to get rid of the old and make room for the new. See, so he's thinking he's doing good, but he hasn't acknowledged God at all in this. He hasn't been, he hasn't acknowledged him. The, the, The Bible said that God called him a fool. Well, the Bible says a fool says in his heart there is no God or he won't acknowledge God. Mm-hmm. He didn't acknowledge God in it. That's where he got off and messed up. That's right. That's so good, Elijah. I really appreciate you saying that. And, and you know, um, there's nothing wrong with having the abundance. That's not the problem. But the no. problem is, is as follows. He said, I'll do this. I'll store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to them, fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And I love what he says right after that, Elijah. And this is such a good evidence. He said, then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the evidences of covetousness is worry. Mm -hmm. Is being stressed out, being worried about money. Where's it going to come from? What about the next thing? And I've heard Brother Keith say this, even if you do get extra, even if you do get caught up and get ahead, it's never enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're thinking, well, 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 what about next month? Yep. Or what about next month? What about next year? What about this? What about that? This, this never-ending craving for more and more and more. And, and a lot of people are focused on, I need to get more money so I can do the gospel. And yet they're not being faithful with what is in their hand. That's right. Now, we do need money to get the gospel out. We believe in abundance. Elijah, I have a desire and a vision in my heart to have more so I can do more. There are things in my heart that I want to do to be a blessing. You said somebody just blessed you with a car. Man, I want to do that for people. Mm -hmm. I want to be the one handing those keys over. Mm -hmm. I've had the privilege of giving away really nice guitars. I want to do that some more. But you know, in order to do that, I got to be able to receive them. Mm -hmm. But I've never received a nice guitar craving it mm-hmm. or coveting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, 
I knew the Lord gave it to me because He knew I'd give it when He told me to. Mm-hmm. And we hold things loosely. One of the things Brother Hagin said is a sign of spiritual maturity is that we esteem earthly things lightly. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. There's nothing wrong with having our needs met. Obviously, God wants that. That's a good thing. He said He would supply our needs. That's right. There's nothing wrong with driving a nice car. God doesn't get offended by a certain brand. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get offended by coach. He doesn't get offended by Kate Spade. He doesn't get offended uh, by fear of God. <laughs> no pun yeah, intended. Louis Vuitton. You know, you know, he doesn't get offended by those things. He he does get offended by a heart that forgets him mm-hmm. and no longer acknowledges their need for him. Yeah. And that's why Jesus said that, that it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say it was hard for him to be in the kingdom of God. He said it was hard for him to enter in. Because mm-hmm. See, that's why there are a lot of people who when they first got saved... They, get, they got rid of everything or they didn't have much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and afterwards, the Lord added to them. Yeah. And there is a time of proving. Not that God is using poverty to teach you a lesson, no, but no. there is a season in which God is seeing what's in your heart. And mm-hmm. we are proven. He said, Jesus said in Luke, uh, I believe it is chapter, I don't, I'm not sure which chapter it is, to be honest with you. But it's in there, I promise. He said, if you haven't been faithful with the unrighteous man, then who will give you the greater riches? Mm-hmm. And we are proven with these things. Um, but, you know, worry, people worrying about money, focused on money, seeking money all the time. You know, a lot of people, it's funny, Elijah, who, who the same people who oppose the prosperity message mm-hmm. will put pressure on you to get a career and a job to make money. Oh, totally, yeah. Because it almost seems to me that the problem a lot of people have is not with money, it's how they get it. It's mm-hmm. the idea of sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that God doesn't... Because I think people don't like the idea that God rewards laziness. Mm-hmm. I said that with Matt Fay, And that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, in Proverbs 10, it says two things in that chapter, in verse 4 and verse 22, that make a person rich. One of them is the hand of the diligent. Mm-hmm. The other is the blessing of the Lord. And those things work together. Put them together. That's right. To, to enrich somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and so God doesn't reward laziness, mm-hmm. um, but He does reward faith. And faithfulness. And faithfulness, that's right. Yeah. And faithfulness isn't lazy. You can't be lazy and be faithful. You can't be lazy and be faithful. You can't. It, it, it takes an engagement. It takes, it takes a, a heart um, of, of passion that is, that is pressing in to what's in front of them, that, that is engaging in what's in front of them. But, um, you know, just the, the focus on money, the idea that, that um, you know, the, the, just the, yeah, just the focus on money. That's the best way I can say it. I was yeah. trying to find another way to say it. I didn't find it. It's the pride of life. Yeah. That's what it is. The one translation says the ostentatiousness of life or the showiness mm. of life. That's where it's why some people want to be prosperous or what they consider prosperous. Mm-hmm. They want to be showy. Mm-hmm. They want people to say, "Well, look, look at this. Look what, look what I." That's what he said in Deuteronomy. That's what he said. Not they didn't want them to do mm-hmm. is to get lifted up in that way. Look at my hands done this. You know, we did this self-made. I'm a self-made man. Yeah. Self-made millionaire. You know. Yeah. And you're departing from the living God, piercing yourself through many sorrows. We see a lot of those people who've done that. Nothing against them. I don't say those people and being like mean or anything like that. People who've done that and said that, they end up committing suicide. Mm-hmm. They pierce themselves through with so many sorrows because they're they're putting their trust and hope on money. But Proverbs says that money and riches surely grow wings and fly away. That's the truth. 
That's the thing that's certain about money. Yeah. That's why he said don't trust in uncertain riches. Why? Because it grows wings and flies away. Mm-hmm. Put that verse together with what he said in Proverbs. Man, let me see if I can give you that reference real quick. I think it's Proverbs 23. But um, that's why we don't trust in it. That's why we don't look to it, man. Uh, and we see God. Yeah, Proverbs 23, 4 says, Labor not to be rich. Mm-hmm. Cease from your own wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's worldly wisdom. That's right. To, to, to labor to be rich. But what did Paul tell us to do in, in uh, I believe it was Ephesians? Let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with his hands the things which are good so that he may have to give. give. That's why we work. That's why we labor, to give. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Will you set your own eyes on that which is not? For riches surely grow wings. Mm. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Mm. So that's why we don't put our trust in it. That's why you put your trust in the living God, because he will continuously give you mm-hmm. richly all things to enjoy. But if I put my, my trust in the money, that flies away. That's so good, Elijah. One of the things I want to say before we're done here, you know, um, talking about giving and receiving and, and reaping, sowing and reaping, you know, the focus of giving should not be to get. Um, there's something pure about giving with a motive of love. Mm-hmm. And it's not seeking your own. It's not just giving, like, like Brother Hagen said, like an offering is a vending machine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to be the motivation. It's not love. And, and faith works by love. And whatever mm-hmm. is not of faith is sin. Yep. And, and you, can go, you can follow that thread all the way to the end. And, that, and you know, um, it's important to realize that that's not the motivation yeah. for giving. Um, but we still do recognize that that Paul said that if you sow bountifully, you will reap. Well, yeah, and God made the law as long he as the earth the remains, seed, time, and harvest. So don't get mad at me. That's the law he made. Right. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to manipulate God. That's, right. That's how God set it up. I'm doing it because I love, and I love people, and I want that person to have what they need for their life. And, yeah, there have been times where I named my seed. Yeah. There have been times where I've sown and by the direction of the Lord, though. That's why he always says, don't do it in response to pressure. What is God telling you to do? Yeah. And then he's able to make you abound because you're being faithful right. with the unrighteous man, with the, with the little. And then he gives you more. See, some people want $5 million, but you won't give the $5. That's right. There it is, Elijah. You're not being faithful with your $5. Well, it's, it's just $5. Yeah. See, but that's not what he's after. He's after your faithfulness. He's yeah. wanting to see your heart. Because yeah. the same thing you do with the $5 is the same thing you would do with the $5 million. Yeah. Just at a $5 million scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so anyway, that's the soapbox. That's the truth. Sorry, but, man. I'll well, no, keep no, 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 no. That's, not, that's good. I'm glad you said that. But, you know, um, the, the, the focus is not getting and the focus is not money. And you don't have to have money to be a giver. Mm. Especially right now, we're recording this at, around Christmas time. But, you know, the Bible says it's accepted according to that which a man has. Not according not to that he doesn't have. That's right. So you don't have to have a lot of money to be a giver. Peter and John, when they were at the gate called Beautiful, they ministered to a man, and, and he asked them for money, and they said, we don't have that right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard some people say, well, maybe he, they just left the wallet at home. Maybe, or maybe there was a tough time. Maybe, it was a tough time. Listen, they're in isolation. Maybe they're they not going out. They're not know. going out. Exactly. But for whatever reason, um, that's just it, the point of saying that is it's, we don't know. Whatever reason, they didn't have it right then. But he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I to thee in the name of Jesus. So you have the name. Yep. And as long as you have the name, you're rich. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. That's why Paul said, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens In the context of about being content in that's whatever right. state. That's the proper context mm-hmm. of that verse. I can do all things. That's right. Exactly. That's the truth. And, and so you don't have to have a lot to give. And even when this comes out, it'll be the end of January and coming into February. And it's a time where a lot of people have Vision Sunday. We have Vision Sunday and True. Vision List, mm-hmm. Vision for the future. And I want to clarify something. We are not against that. Mm-hmm. We're not against. I, I have a Vision List. Listen, I just had a Vision List mark off this week. I've had an iPad on my vision list for like three years, and it was given to me this week. You just had a car given to you this week. Yep. Listen, we've seen this kind of thing over and over again. We are not against having vision, believing for things, but you know what? In all those three years, I didn't go out and buy myself an iPad because I wanted God to add it to me. And when he does it, it's no sorrow. And you know what I'm using it for, Elijah? Come on. I'm reading scriptures off of it right now for this podcast. For I'm using it for the kingdom. That doesn't mean I'll never play a game on it and enjoy it. But the purpose of it is for the ministry. The purpose, yeah. And so we're not against that. We're not saying don't, you know, don't have that, don't have vision. It's just a heart thing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget him. Put him first. Love him first. And that's really to be the focus of it. And when it comes to giving and receiving, be where you are about it. Don't mm-hmm. try to be somewhere you're not. Yeah. I've had more money come in the last couple of months outside of my job because I gave small seeds that was where I was at. And what he told you to do. He was what he told me to do. It was a few dollars here, a few dollars there. It was just where I was at, and it was humbling, mm-hmm. uh, Elijah. But ever since then, I've seen increase. You I've seen, seen money coming outside Cast of my some bread on the water. That's, That's how right. it works. It comes back on every wave. And I didn't give just to get. I, didn't, I gave out of response. To him, I gave out of my heart, and I gave out of obedience. You see, your part is to your part is to give. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Paul say? I planted, Apollos watered. Who gives the increase? Mm-hmm. God. God. That's not my part. Yeah, I'm just being obedient to do what he says. That's right. Now, in that, I want to clarify something. You know, some things you give, they're seeds that you sow. Sometimes giving is just obedience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes God will just say, "Give that." And you say, well, I'm, I'm not, my faith's not there to give it. If God said give it, your faith is there to give it. Because he just told you, and faith comes by him. And we hold all things word. loosely. Yeah. And, and, and like we said before, that's not giving away your rent money two days before your rent's due. No, but we're talking about, about having that willingness to do whatever he says to you. And, and, and that's obedience, giving out of obedience. And, you know, also, Elijah, we, you know, I, I like to wear nice clothes. I like to I play nice guitars. But, you know, I don't have a problem with cheap things. I don't have a problem with going to Wendy's. Some of the wealthiest people I know shop at Dollar Tree. Yeah. I don't have a problem. You know, I have a friend who goes on missions trips and goes to Africa and things like that. And, you know, places where they, they sometimes go a week at a time without eating. And they're used to that. And that's not a good thing. That's poverty. We're, not, we're against that. Mm-hmm. That's not the blessing. That's not God. God's not doing that. Mm-hmm. But it is a perspective of thankfulness. Every time they, they've told me about that, ever since then, like today I was at Chick-fil-A, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chastise you a little bit here, Chick-fil-A. I love you, but, you know, uh, he who the Lord loves, he, he chased me. Correct. Y'all forgot my sauces. I specifically requested barbecue sauce and a honey roasted barbecue sauce, and it wasn't in there. But, you know what, Elijah? You know what I thought about? I thought about, man, if I was over there in Africa, in Mozambique or wherever, I would not be complaining about not having sauces. I'd be thankful to have a chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. And that's been coming up more and more to me. And I've noticed myself complaining less mm-hmm. the more I keep that mindset over little things that I need to wear this brand or I need to drive this brand. Mm-hmm. I need to have this thing. Oh, well, I only wear this thing. I only do this thing. Listen, 
The Bible says we should condescend with men of low estate. Condescend mm-hmm. to men of low estate. And not to be haughty. Not to not that saying we have to dress ugly or bad or anything like that. But we don't need to have an attitude of, oh, well, I only do this or I only do that. It's good to have nice things. It's good to drive the nice car. I love that. God wants us to have that. God wants us to enjoy things. And we should honor the ministry. We should do the best that we can. We should be willing to spend money on the nice one. We shouldn't just go for the cheap one. Buying the cheapest stuff all the time could be a love of money because you don't want to let go of your money. Mm-hmm. And so we're not saying that. I'm not saying you're, you need to buy the cheap stuff or you need to do that. I'm just saying we don't. it's not our identity. It, it doesn't become a part of who we are. Well, I only do this, or I only do that. I only play this. I only use this thing. Like, it shouldn't get wrapped up in our identity. It's just stuff. And no matter what the name brand is, it's all going to burn. Mm-hmm. Just like that man at Ramah said, Brother Keith tells this story of the of the minister who, who uh, he, I guess a young man was backing out his car for him, mm-hmm. and he accidentally hit the garage, left the door open, knocked the door off of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the minister came out, and he said, well... It's all going to burn anyway. Mm-hmm. He didn't get upset with him. And then there was the other story of the, the student at Rama who was who was testifying, quote unquote, about all the stuff that he had. Mm-hmm. And and he, he really he was more like he was just bragging. Mm-hmm. And then another student said to him, "Well, your pile of ashes will just be bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. It's just stuff. It's temporary. It can be a tool for the gospel. We're mm-hmm. thankful for that, mm-hmm. but we don't get wrapped up in it." It's not our identity. It's not what we're seeking. And we are spirit beings. We are full of the Holy Spirit. We're full of the love of God, and that is our focus. That's who we are. That's what we are. Yeah. You have any closing thoughts? No, it's good, man. Um, yeah, just don't don't uh, let God add it to you, man. One thing that's on my heart big time is what is it? Uh, Matthew six thirty three. Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. That's my heart, man. Um, that's what I want the listeners to get a hold of, man. If you, man, listen, some. I was I had so much pressure about a vehicle and to get things done because I'm I mean I don't mean this privately but the ministry right now that that Merle Ministries International is is picking up momentum mm-hmm. and I think you know any anybody who's who's looked at it and can see it can see that and with that we were going to need more ability to do these type of things to travel like um, you and I were at a place where we were talking to somebody that I may potentially speak at, at that yeah. at that place yeah. You know, but I need to be able to get there. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and there was, the pressure was there to, to do this and add it to myself. I was looking at a car. I could have done, you know, with somebody that I knew, I could have done something and been like, hey, um, I'll make payments on it. How mm-hmm. much do you want down on it? We can make payments on it. It'd be somebody that I was working with that knows me. We could have done it that way. And I was yeah. thinking about going that direction too. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't have the peace that I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, peace never leaves you, but you can leave peace. And the moment that we leave the peace of God to do something that we know is not right in our heart, that's when you get in trouble. Yeah. So uh, I was I was seeing and I was finding and I was kind of leaving peace where mm-hmm. where 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 the peace is because that's not where the peace is in that moment. And so endeavoring to be led by the Spirit, man, I get this phone call up like, hey, you know, I got something for you, you know, go over to the place. And it's that car that I got blessed with, you know. Praise God, dude. And it's a good car. It, 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 man, and three years without one, I was went three years almost without wow. a car. And you had to learn to be content. I had to learn to be content in the state that I was in. Mm. And the state that I was in in that moment was no car. You know, so, so thankful for you and others who gave me rides during that season when I was in Texas, when I was in Atlanta, yeah. when I came back to Branson for a while. All those times, no car. Mm. 
because I didn't have peace about going in debt, honestly. Nothing against people who've done it that way. But for me, I didn't have the peace about that. Yeah. I would leave peace to do that. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. And so I did, it, did it God's way? And, and what I do, I say, I'm going to put the kingdom first. I told you this before, Ben, you know, and I, I know I'm, we're, we're wrapping this up, but I'm no, just telling this for, go for, it. for context, you know, for people who are listening. I told you before, Ben, like, you know what? I'm going to believe God for this, for this, you know. I'm going to seek the kingdom first. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I want to do that for everything it's worth. I told you and Danny Rodriguez, who's been on the podcast before. Yeah. I told you and him. I said, hey, like, I want to seek the kingdom of God first and watch him add something to me and add things to me. That's true prosperity. Mm-hmm. That's being rich. Being rich is to have the patience you need mm. to stand long and to believe for what he would have to do. The blessing without sorrow. This car is paid for. There's no, I don't have to make one payment on it. It was given to me as a gift. Man, Merry Christmas to me, man. Yeah. It was given as a gift. Yeah. But what, but, but what I could have gone and, and done it without the blessing and be in toil. Yeah. And then the money that I would use to further the ministry, no, nah, I couldn't do that because I got to pay off this car. Yeah. But now, what did God give me? He gave me more ability. That's right. Gave me more ability to travel, but also still, at the same time, while giving me the ability to be able to sow and, and to do and work in this ministry and to, and to, and to finance some things in the ministry. Yeah. You see there, it doesn't mean that for one to be eased and another thing to be burdened. Mm-hmm. There's the balance right there. Yeah. But it comes from seeking Him first. So anyway, long spiel, but my, my heart is that the listeners would do that in your life find out how i can seek god first that's right how can i put him first in my everyday life and i'm telling you yeah maybe god has you where you're you know got dead on the thing you got payment faith praise god for that but i'm telling you what why don't you just believe god for the thing to come in debt free Mm. why not is he that good takes patience takes patience though it really does but I'll tell you what, man, you know, all that time waiting and everything, you know what we were doing, you know what you're doing in your heart and your mind? Mm-hmm. You're making payments. No. By being faithful. That's good, Ben. That wasn't in my notes. By being faithful to do what he tells you to do. That goes along with our other podcast. Well, yours, whatever he says. So you do it, yeah. Investing. You're investing. There it is. You're investing. And God always makes sure you get in the return on your investments. That's all I got. Praise God, man. That's so good. Man, that's awesome, dude. And, and it's it's he adds things to us, and we're so thankful for that. And and you know, one of the things you said, Elijah, is that people were pressuring you mm-hmm. about getting a car. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll notice that financial worry and the fear of man are intertwined with one another. Mm-hmm. Whether it's trying to impress somebody, maybe it's it's trying to impress a parent, or or, or they're wanting to, they're putting pressure on you. Maybe it's it's trying to impress, you know, a girl or things mm-hmm. like that. Whatever the case is, yeah. the fear of man goes right in line with with money pressure, with money worry. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says the fear of man brings a snare. Yeah. And yeah. people get off into pursuing this career, going to college, getting into debt, all this stuff, because people are putting pressure on them. And it's the fear of man. But, you know, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And when we fear the Lord... We want to know, God, what do you value the most? And God said to that man, he said, you had, you had things, but you weren't rich toward God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I felt like the Lord led me to quit my job. Well, that was a great job, a wonderful job, to move back to where I am now because my relationship with him wasn't where it needed to be. It wasn't mm-hmm. bad. Sure. 
but it wasn't where it needed to be. And you know, that reminds me of what he said in Revelations. He says, you're lukewarm, and you think because you're rich, you have something. Mm-hmm. He says, you have need of nothing. He said, yet you're poor, because not because of the money, Mm-mm. but because you're, you're not rich toward God because you're lukewarm. Yeah, your relationship. You're focused on that. And the Lord led me to come back to my hometown because he says, you need to get rich toward me. Don't worry about the money. Mm-hmm. You need to get rich toward me. Elijah, I, I've spent the last year delivering food for a living mm-hmm. because I've, my focus has not been on making money. It's been on seeking God. Now, I know I'm saying that publicly. I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people that listen to this already know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was seeking, I've been seeking Him first, and I've seen Him add things to me that I've been believing for for years in a season where I was just focusing on being rich toward God. Mm-hmm. And, and I truly believe that no matter what, if we will fear the Lord above all else and seek Him first, He will add all these things to us. Yeah. And that's what that's the goal. That's our goal today. That's what we're saying. And we, that's we right. want to, that's right. to get to the root of the thing, get to the heart of the thing, and, and, and to know that. And, and even on this podcast, the No Content Podcast, that's the idea. We want, to, we want God's heart. Yeah. We want to see God's heart. We want that's to see things at. the way He sees it. We want to see people the way He sees them. We want to despise people because where they are financially or economically or anything like that. We don't want to pursue just the pride of life. We want God's heart. Yeah. And, and God can and does use money, but He does not want us to love money. Mm-hmm. We do not love money. We love God we love and we God. love people. That's exactly right. And pizza. No, I'm just kidding. Nope. That's good too, though. I'm just kidding. No, we don't. I promise. Anyway, this has been the No Content Podcast. Uh, if you hang in, hang, hang, if you, Whoa. if you hang, hang, if you hung in there for Whoa. all that time, man, man, congratulations. You made it. Uh, Charlie, you get the factory. Um, mm-hmm. You passed the test. You returned the uh, never-ending gobstopper or however it however is. It is. Uh, and uh, congratulations. No, you didn't get any of that. But you did get some really good preaching. Uh, so I hope it ministered to you. You have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. If you want to, you can follow me on social media at No Content. Or if you don't want to, then you don't have to. So don't. Don't worry about it. But whatever you do, please remember these three things. Number one, God loves you. Number two, you are valuable. And number three, so is everyone else. And number four, please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ben Pace! Yeah, you know it, buddy. Uh, David Wallace here. Let's get off the horn with your sister, Bethany. Very lovely gal, very nice, very sweet. Uh, and to prove that it is me, bam. I got a nameplate, uh, AKA Andy Buckley. I've checked her out. You got the brains, you got the hustle, you got the moxie, you got the work ethic, you got the ideas, you got the sense of humor, which is so important. Uh, especially in the corporate world, I think you're it. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. And you're not even thinking about getting in the paper business right now. Why would you? Uh, but here's the thing. Um, you should be, A, much more exciting than, you know, Silicon Valley um, and uh, like Bitcoin and stuff. Come on. It's the paper business. Right. Right, you, you know. Um, so here's the thing, Ben. Actually, my oldest son is Ben. I love that name, which is, you know, that's good. Um, 
I'm not superstitious, okay? But, yeah, I'm a little stitious. Exactly. And I've always thought that the person that is going to take over Dunder Mifflin from me, ultimately, is going to be a guy. First name is going to be Ben. And his last name is going to be Pace. He's going to have a delightful sister named Bethany. If that's not you, then, you know, I guess I got to keep looking. But I have, I have a stitious feeling that it is, pal. Um, and, you know, don't you just, just, start, just start mulling it over. I don't want to rush you into anything. Um, I'm jumping to Bethany for a second. Bethany, what a, what a great egg you are. Uh, ben, I've gotten to know your sister over, you know, over the last few years. What a wonderful gal. Uh, and what a wonderful way to, you know, wish you Merry Christmas and celebrate. I, and frankly, I, I didn't, I didn't think she'd come up with such a fun idea. So, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Beth, I'm sorry. I, I underestimated you, Bethany. And yes, next time, exactly. I'll estimate you. Um, you know. But you are, I, I think you are the future, pal. Um, so we got to just start formulating uh, a plan. Um, so it, it'll take a while. It'll take a couple of years, I'm sure. And you, uh, you just start thinking about it, you know. And if you have ideas, questions, thoughts, insights, you know, that, that sort of thing. Or you want to speak to someone at a branch or someone in corporate. Um, you know, just give me a call or text or email or uh, you know, ideally, actually, if you send me a wump, that would be great. Uh, it's always easiest. But uh, we're going to have a toast to you, sir. A Christmas toast to the future of Dunder Mifflin. Uh, but before we do, um, one question. Because uh, it's going to take a little while for you to get to corporate, I'm sure. Clearly, you're knocking it out of the park, Ben. Clearly, you're a Hall of Famer already. And the future is so bright. Um, and we are having a very tough year, Dunner Mifflin. So, and this is for Bethany too. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, more for Ben, but also for Bethany. And anybody in the Pace family. Uh, or friends. Uh, mostly Ben. Here's the question. And I don't know exactly how to put this, Ben. But what are you doing right like, we have branches, Utica, Albany, all of our branches, they're struggling. But clearly something you, Ben Pace, are doing is right. And I just, I need to get a sense of what that is. Um, so, say, you know, just shoot me over the wump, top three things. Maybe you're Bethany, if you have ideas. Or Bethany, if you have something you observe in what Ben does that you think is a key that he doesn't even know is a key to his success, please feel free. Um, you know, we take all great ideas and I think the Pace family has got a lot of them. Um, have a great Christmas gang. Uh, and here's something interesting, Ben. I think it's, you should rewatch this episode. You have to play it very slowly. Um, you know, but you'll, when you listen, you'll hear. Because <clears throat> he, I, he's talking about you. When Michael Scott gets up and he's quitting, what he actually says, if you play it slow enough, you hear it. He says, David, you have no idea how high Ben Pace can fly. 
Go, go back and listen to it. Prove me wrong, Pace. Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, have a great holiday, gang. We'll see you in corporate. Um, and, uh, and then everybody else will see you on the flippity flip.